Skaters rule! My teeth, my brush, my way. The Arm & Hammer Spin Brush My Way battery-powered toothbrush for boys comes with 141 water-safe stickers for awesome designing that's always worth smiling about. Plus, kids brush 38% longer when using Spin Brush battery-powered toothbrush. Check out SpinBrush.com to design your own My Way toothbrush. Kids Spin Brush My Way. Arm & Hammer. Welcome, dear listener, to our podcast. Jeff and Merck present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of comics that include a member of the most underrated Marvel series from the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adjacent adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am Rick. It's the end of random banter as we know it. It's the end of random banter as we know it. It's the end of random banter as we know it. And I feel fine. Random banter time, buddy. Talk to me. Tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today. I hope you weren't losing your religion with that one. <laughs> ah. uh, REM jokes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be the end of the world because there's a whole lot of stuff going on. We are going to be covering Fantastic Four number 600. We thought we were done with Fantastic Four. No, we were not. Jonathan and Hickman brought us back in. Number 600, 100 page 50th anniversary, 600 issue extravaganza. We got a lot to talk about, Jeff. So let's waste a lot of time talking about random banter stuff. I would love to waste time. It's why I'm here. The comic is secondary to actually just chit-chatting and drinking some bevies with a friend of mine and all of our lovely listeners as well. Yeah, I love spending yeah. time with you, too. This is true. This is true. Speaking of wasting time, I have been wasting a whole lot of time playing Marvel Snap. Mm, I've heard really good things about that. It's a waste of time, man. You can just get yourself sucked in there. Cindy's looking over. Are you playing that game again? Yeah, I'm playing that game again. I'm just sitting here. Just <laughs> There's just enough strategy that you can try to do and just enough frustration you can kind of do and <sighs> I waste a lot of time doing that. Lots of time doing it. But the there are some cool things in there. Some of the artwork on the cards is really cool. Upgrading the cards, you can make them look really neat, too. So <laughs> it's about collecting them all and trying to get all the things. And oh, this yeah. season's theme, this is the Spider-Verse into the Spider-Verse. So, you know. Well, interesting. Why would they do that? They try to. I mean, it, <laughs> last season was Guardians of the Galaxy. This season, mm -hmm. figure it out. Figure it out. Marketing, 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 yeah, merchandising. It's like, it's like cross-promotional advertising is going on. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Other really th quick thing I wanted to mention, too, is I was at the comic shop today. Things from Another World. How you doing, guys? <laughs> None of them listen. I don't know why I said that. But anyways, I was at Things from Another World today, picking up my comic books and you know, browsing the rack. And it's Pride Month, so... They had Marvel Voices, Pride number one. I'm like, well, got to check it out. You know, nice, thick book, lots of different stories in there. Flip through, flip. Starting from the back, just really quick and flipping through. Just do I see a certain Julie Power in here at all? Nothing, 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 nothing. Second page. <laughs> hey, look. <laughs> one panel, Julie Power. I'll take this. All right. We got <laughs> to cover take, take it this. now. <laughs> yep. That's ours. That's us. We will see you in February of 2028, I think. <laughs> we are like nothing that. if not timely. <laughs> no, I, 
It's on the back of the pile. It's, cr- it's chronological. I understand. Chronological. I totally understand. It's the way that it is. It's just hilarious when it's like, hey, there's something new that just came out. Yep. And we're not going to get to it because we got to step our way up to there. We'll get there eventually. We, we got to go. Totally. Th- we got we to gotta go through other things like Fantastic Four number 600. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All we right. Happily go through that. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, quickly give me some random banter. Tell me about some culture stuff that you're doing. I am watching, uh, well, watched One Punch Man. Ah. Really good. Really enjoy that. That's quite a lot of fun. It's about a world with superheroes and monsters and martial artists and the main character. He's not called One One Punch Man, but that's what he is. He can defeat anybody in one punch. He was a person who said, I thought about being a hero. Now I'm going to be a hero and I'll train really hard. And his training really hard is every day he does 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 squats and runs 10 kilometers. And he told a, a cyborg this who became his disciple going, I need to learn how to be strong like you. And he's like, you do this. And the cyborg's like, that's just exercise. That's not, how did you become superhuman doing that? No, what's your real secret? And he's like, no, what do you mean? I, I really, that's what I did. But he got to the point where he's so powerful that he's bored because mm-hmm. there's no challenge. He's like, ah, so he's fighting all these giant monsters. He's like, yeah, this is going to be the one, one punch. Oh, well, <laughs> I guess I'll just go home. <laughs> I think I started watching that. Our friend of ours, Robert, he showed me one or two of the episodes one point in time. He likes anime. He got his daughter mm-hmm. and he goes, oh, yeah, you might like this. I never revisited it again. I probably should. May need to look back at it at some point in time. But nice. Got Congratulations. T- I'm enjoying it. I, it's uh, got two seasons on Hulu and I just finished like uh, season two, I think, last night. And I'm like, oh, cool. More. No more. What's going on? Oh, season three is scheduled to come out in 2024. Except it's based off a of manga, and the person's got like, yeah, there's like 178 trades of that or something. So they got stories for days, just slow to produce on Hi. the uh, visual medium. So, but I'm enjoying it. It's great. Well, good, good. I am glad to hear that. Like I said, we should probably cut this short. We've got a lot to talk about. So let's get into the rest of this. Jeff, hit me with a two cents replay. Of last episode. Ronan the Accuser and his Kree army backstab their allies, the Inhumans, and steal away all the alt-reads that they had as prisoners so that they could use them as exotic ingredients for the rebirth of the Supreme Intelligence who immediately demands the destruction of all life on Earth. Meanwhile, on the other side of Zero, which is the cult of the Negative Zone, is birthing bugs and distributing devices in preparation of opening a Manhattan-sized gate to the Negative Zone so that Annihilus and his Annihilation Wave can cause the destruction of all life on Earth. Which is something that sounds familiar for some reason. Now that the original flavor Reed called over and apologized to all the superheroes that he knows for playing dinner host to a bunch of insane supervillains, two-sentence replay is over, why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? My pleasure, my friend. Guess what? Guess what? What? I got you a beer. (laughs) I like it when you get me a beer. That always makes me very happy. 138 episodes. I think you might have figured me out by now. I'm I'm not 100% certain it's going to happen every time, but when it does, I'm pretty happy. But I am starting, I got to admit, I'm noticing a pattern. And that's a beer appears in my hand when I record. And that that's my Pavlovian response is always like, oh, I better work on a script so that I can get a beer. <laughs> One of these times it's going to be a live snake. Well, that's the risky play. <laughs> I like snakes. Snakes are great. Okay, what do we got in here? We have Wandering Into the Fog, Battle of the Hops, Citrus Sabro to the Death, Quadruple Dried Hop, Double India Pale Ale. That's a pretty can. That's nice green coloration that fades over into blue. 
the fog. The fog of war is coming. They're wandering into the fog of war. The Battle of the Hops. There's battles going on all over the place. Lots of battles. Citra. Lots of fog. Lots of confusion. Lots uh-huh. of lots of everything. And there is also definitely to the death because Supremor yes. wants the death of all these pesky anomaly races that can kill him. This is true. This is true. Wandering into the fog by Abomination Brewing, brewed with a heavy wheat and oat malt, Bill hopped and double dry hopped aggressively with seven plus pounds per BBL of Mosaic, Pacific Jade, Citra, Sumit, and Enigma. Man, oh man, you crack that can and you can you can smell the hop varieties. They hit you like a hammer. Hoppa hoppa. Ooh, hammers. Mm-hmm. Like Ronin. Like Ronin. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is definitely a hazy IPA. Okay, it doesn't say that it's a hazy, but man, that has got a fog. That is opaque. <laughs> that looks like you're looking through. Uh, what the heck does that look like you're looking through? You're looking through. A watered down orange juice. Yeah, there you go. It's watered down orange juice. That looks. It looks like a, a lot like a mimosa. But man, that is opaque. Light. No visibility through that at all. That is just crazy. 8.6 ABV, too, by the way. So, yes, we got a lot of hops. We're going to have to drink it and see what mm-hmm. we like. Very hoppy. Yes. Ooh. It's not terrible with the hops. It's not bitter. It doesn't have the standard... I know what it is. I know what it is. Flavor. I know what it is. Yeah. A lot of these double India Pale Ale, quadruple, anytime they start multiplying things, a friend of mine told me once, they really go heavy on the malt. Mm. That's what's doing it. Mm-hmm. That malt is really cutting through... All of the hops that are in there, and it's making it very pleasant for our palates. It's making it real smooth. It is not bitter. What's funny is when you then have drank a mouthful and then inhale through your mouth, you go, oh, wow, yeah, that's that's the basement. That's the cellar. That's the hop mm-hmm. cellar. But still, that oat malt, the wheat, that's coming through pretty good. It's mm-hmm. got that Hefeweizen kind of taste in there, along yeah. with the oat malt. That's really what's smoothing everything out and making it very pleasant. This is pleasant, plain and simple. I'm enjoying this quite a lot. Yeah, it definitely, for those of you that like the IPAs, you are getting your IPA fix here. It's just, they have ratcheted it down. They've, they've really got it under control and smoothed out the sharpness of the IPA. It is. It is. That's a good drinking beer. That is really smooth. It does kind of dry the tongue out. It feels fluidy. It feels liquidy when you drink it because there's a lot of mm-hmm. beverages. It's like, wow, that's really dry. This tastes and has the texture of liquid, but does dry the, to- the tongue out afterwards. It. This is a neat beer. I'm digging yeah. on this. Not too bad. Not too bad. All right. Beer in hand. Book in hand. Script in hand. Hit me with those opening credits. Yeah, crazy fool. Fantastic Four, Volume 1, Number 600, January 2012, Forever. Credits, writer, Jonathan Hickman. Penciler, Steve Epting. Inkers, Rick Magyar. Steve Epting. Colorist, Paul Mounts. Letterer, Clayton Cowles. Editors, John Denning, Lauren Sankovich, Tom Brevoort. Featuring the Future Foundation, Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Woman, The Thing, and Spider-Man. And our favorite, the Smarty Pants Brigade, with Nathaniel, Franklin, Valeria, Dragon Man, Wu, Vil, Mick, Turg, Tong, Leech, Artie, Bentley, and our buddy, Alex Power. Oh, yeah. Also, literally, the rest of the Marvel Universe. Okay. This is a big issue with five separate stories. So we should probably start by telling you about all the game boards and settings of all the plague pieces on them. Good call, my friend. When you have a good idea, I agree. And when you have a great idea, 
I agree greatly. Rick, I do not know what you're doing, but your great agreements make me feel like this is a trap and are grating on me. So, stop it. Well, let us start in the very beginning, which is a very good place to start. We will start with Doe for Doctor Doom. We have the last remaining alternate Reed on this planet, who has a controlling collar on Doctor Doom and his new bestest friend, Nathaniel Richards, who is untethered, but who has tied himself to this Reed's pyramid of needs. Next is Ray, which is the start for Raymond, who everyone likes. But no one likes Adelan, the floating city of the Inhumans, who have shown up with the five queens of Black Bolt and the Inhumans from these other races. They want to discuss their place on Earth. Next on the scale is me. I am a smart person, much like the children occupants of the Baxter building, who are doing some last-minute science to the building. That brings us to Fa for the Forever City, which is hosting the leadership of the Kree Empire, Ronin and the Inhuman Crystal, and the Reborn Supreme Intelligence. So, sounds a little bit like Zero. The other side of Zero, the Temple of the Antipriest of Annihilus. They're a church of bugs. Law is not short for Los Angeles. Today, it is short for New York City, where all of Earth's mightiest heroes have gathered to have a tea and cookies and kick butt. And they're all out of cucumber sandwiches. You know who never stops and has a nice cup of tea? The Kree Empire. No, sir. They're assaulting New York because the Supreme Intelligence told them to destroy all life on Earth. And in Marvel Comics, that means Manhattan. That brings us back to dough, which we would need for a nice party. But truth be told, we got a lot of parties going on. So what are the heroes at the Baxter Building Bombits for doing about the fire raining down? It looks like they are discussing the issue. They had plans to fight the Inhumans, but this is a change that needs to be addressed. The paradigm shift is a delta that cannot be parking lotted. So they need to circle back around and make an action plan that needs to be implemented by the end of the day, people. Sue Richards tells the boys to shut up, pull up their big boy spandex, and realize that this is something that doesn't need discussing. Everybody needs to get to punching. And she demonstrates this by sending a couple of force field columns through... Two ships. She also tells the boys that they need to remember why they're doing what they're doing. To protect people. Namor disagrees. He is doing it for the power of love. You don't need armor. You don't need stone. You don't need no powers to protect our home. It is without regret and much vigor. And it might just be as giants. That is the power of love. Whew. Everyone on the roof of the Baxter building agrees that both you and Namor need new hobbies. Whatever. Punches are punched, lasers are lasered, and muscles are muscled. Oh, and magic was magicked as well. Oh, man, that last one. That magic seems to have caused a big Kree ship to take out a city block instead of crashing into the river. So, huh, way to go, Doctor Strange. Who was that me? I'm sorry. Well, let's leave the heroes alone and check out the other side of Zero. You know, those fanatical religious freaks who want to release Annihilus and his Annihilation Wave onto the world. Love their fashion sense. Their fit is on point. Bald heads and green robes. It is a classic style that never goes out of season. They may be a crazy religion, bent on world domination and the whims of a maniac, but they have time for sartorial choices and adherence to theme and style. One of the clerics has approached the leader to let him know that <clears throat> the sky is falling. The leader tells Chicken Little to take a breath and chill. He needs to send a text to Annihilus to find out his opinion. After laying out the state of the world, the Green Warlord demands that the gate be open now, 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 now. And so, a new player has joined the fight. Yep, 
A mob of bug-like creatures starts to descend upon the Baxter building. I really hope Ben remembered to spray some Toro around the place before he sulked off to Elysia's. I'm pretty sure he forgot. And I don't know how much good it would have done. Meanwhile in Latveria... Home of the fighting Kristoffs. Well, I would say home of the seething and impotent Kristoffs. The puppet ruler of Letveria is being told by Nathaniel Richards, the father of his father's most hated ally, that unless he opens the door of the kingdom, his father, Doom, who is standing in front of him and has been controlled by an alternate dimension version of Reed, the man who Kristoff's father hates, then Doom will die. I... I think I need a moment to dissect and diagram that. What were you trying to tell me, Rick? Meanwhile, in Atelian. Hey, well, wait a minute, hang on. This kingdom of the Inhumans has seen some better days. The Inhumans are a little miffed that the Krees, who they were in charge of like five minutes ago, have started to attack them on their world. What a bunch of jerks. I know, right? Well, now they should get out of here. But Black Bolt is having an intergalactic mind meld with the Supreme Intelligence. They can sense each other. And speaking of which, let's check in on the Forever City and the Big Green Head. Ah, Rick, quit changing the dial on TV every two seconds. Don't think that's going to be happening. So now that the Big Green Meanie has spied the Mute Monarch with his... With one of his four little eyes, he is ready to go all in on destruction. Launch the boom ships! Whoa there, space cowboy. Ronan may be the most devout creed that has ever existed, but he also knows a bad play when he sees it. So he questions the big boss about such a reckless maneuver. Good thing that the Supreme Intelligence has prepared a TED Talk to explain the past. Prior him had determined that the Kree experiment would go bad and would lead to the destruction of the Empire. So... Insurance policy. Yeah, there was previously no knowledge of the five races that did not get wiped out. But good news, everybody. Now they know, and they are here now. So let's get to making some genocide. Crystal of the Inhumans hates this idea. You know who else is not happy about this idea? It'd be Captain America. What with all the chaos occurring above Manhattan and all. Not to worry. Science is happening. Reed is connecting wires between Sue's head and Iron Man's armor, while Spidey is fine-tuning the connections. It's time to synergize. And with a silent pop that is not actually a sound effect but should be, a visible invisible force field covers the island. Now they just need to take care of the ships that crashed inside the city. While others take care of the things outside of the shield, Ben leads She-Hulk and Red Hulk on a mission to save Alicia. And other less important New Yorkers, I guess. Well, only if they're in the immediate area that Alicia's in. Meanwhile, 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 the Smarty Pants Brigade has finished doing whatever they were doing. Yes, they are very proud of themselves and are giving each other great pats on the backs. Right up until the other side of Zero Bugs teleport into the building. This is why you should always stock up on Raid. You never know when somebody in an Edgar suit is going to show up at your house asking for a cup of water. Sugar and water. In this case, instead of a can of raid, they have our boy Alex. He is left in charge of the rear guard to deal with the onslaught while everyone else runs to safety. You go, Alex. Be that big hero. Speaking of laying down protective fire, we have a group of lawmen shooting at a metal robot. Ping, ping, ping. You know what works better than bullets? Three sets of irradiated fists. Crash! Three punches, one robot down. Now that's flippin' teamwork, man. Wham! That is the Red Hulk taking a laser to the face from one of the other four robots that were just off screen. Zack! And She-Hulk taking a laser too. Well, Ben, glad you could show up to face down a riot of robots while your gym buddies take a little snooze. And his girlfriend is in the area, and in danger. And Ben, as stated in Marvel 2 and 1 Annual Number 7, I'm just too stupid and ugly to know when to quit.
we will leave Ben to figure out what time it is while we check in with Alex and the unbeatable fight. Unlike Ben, Alex knows when he's beat. He has reached the writer's usefulness limit, and he knows he needs help. And he asks for that help in a special way. San Franklin! And someone knock out Leech! Leech also has had enough concussions from this maneuver and informs Franklin, in his own special way, that enough is enough. Franklin sort of agrees and makes a cryptic statement that no one knows that Leech can control his powers now and does not need to have continual TBIs. But before Franklin can unleash his god powers, Val informs him that all systems are go. Punch it, Chewie. Actually, instead of punching Chewie, she tells Bentley to jump us, which, uh, ugh, no, I can't legally be part of that conversation, Rick, and... Bentley presses a button. Outside the building, Reed and Spidey watch as the top quarter of the Baxter building goes... Well, gosh, Mickey, that does not seem normal. Reed posits that Val must have activated the flux capacitor while crossing the streams of the dilithium crystals, or some other science nonsense. And he sends Peter over to make sure that none of the children are left behind whole or in pieces. Yeah, make sure all of those kids were vaporized good and proper. I mean, I mean, teleported away safely. Reed has to stay and science the Sue Iron Man shield thingy anyway. And while Spidey swings toward the partial building, the bugs that were not partially cut off between floors are checking out the door of the negative zone. It's still closed. They have a plan. They put a disc on the door. Okay, step one of world domination is done. What's step two? Step two is get punched in the face by Spider-Man. Wham! Spidey's here to look for kids and chew bubblegum and he found bugs. So punchy time. Bork! That sound is the signal the bugs were waiting for. Their disc starts to light up and Spider-Man cannot pull it off the door. He might be able to if he could stop fighting these bugs just for a couple of seconds. Rick, he does not have a couple of seconds because the machinations of the Antipriest and his bug minions have come to fruition with a loud... Bork! The device activates and the portal opens and Peter comes face to face with... Johnny Storm? Alive? Holding onto the dominant side of a leash with a nihilus at the other end, standing at the front of the hordes of the negative zone? Poor Johnny. So much is going on, and he's so confused. I mean, what is Peter wearing? What is that costume? Johnny's confused? What about us? Well, you're used to being confused. I mean, look at you, man. Uh, uh, but we don't have time for that. We have to get to this cover of this issue. So let's get on to the cover of the credits, shall we? I don't know what's going on! Okay, let's do the thing you said. <laughs> so we have here 100 page, 50th anniversary, <laughs> 600th issue extravaganza, Marvel, the world's greatest comic magazine, Fantastic Four number 600, Hickman, Epting, Magyar, Mount Sidigadamno, Digadam, a lot of names. <laughs> I'm going to stop. <laughs> we got little circles up by the Fantastic Four name with the thing, Spider-Man, Mr. Fantastic, and Invisible Woman. And we have those same people in their white costumes. Very nice painted cover. They're like moving forward and they're attacking something that's off to the right-hand side of the page that we can't see. Very action-packed. I like this cover, but I'm also sitting here like, it's very simple for a 600th issue. It's very simple for how awesome this book is. It is an amazing cover. I love it. I love the fact that the background's white, their costumes are white, Sue's force field powers have that white tint. It is awesome looking, but it, it looks so very, very good. It is also generic in the sense that it is them doing something <laughs> off screen. There's a lot going on over here, man. Oh, oh, if you saw, oh my goodness, it's 98 pages of amazing over there. 
Which is true. I mean, they are attacking the rest of this book, which we can't see. And there's a lot in this book to attack. I'm a little torn because I love it because it's simple. It's beautiful. It's clean. It's painted. It's it's very nice. I just am like, and? What does it mean? Yeah, what does it mean? more. Yeah. I like it, but I wanted something more, especially with how much is in here. So that's me. I think they may have hit the problem of there was too many things going on to like put something on the cover. They didn't know what to put in because you don't want to spoil the surprise that Johnny's back. And, you know, there's a lot of those things. You... <laughs> yeah. Start, starting off this book with, like, John is back. <laughs> like, yep. wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the big the big surprise was spoiled on the cover where it's the four of them pointing with their jaws open going, oh, and Johnny's all, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> hey. That'd be a terrible cover. It'd be accurate for what happened, but it would be uh, just awful. This is amazing. I love the cover. They could have had this cover with the world being destroyed by the Kree invasion, meaning Manhattan. Yeah. Because it's Marvel and all the heroes are only worried about Manhattan. They're like, push them out of the city and everyone's safe. <laughs> now, to be fair, too, I would say that the majority of this book is actually Johnny's story of... Oh, yeah. In Annihilation Zone. Yeah, the what happened to him? What happened in the Negative Zone? How is he alive? Let's get into what's inside this book here, because we have five stories in here. We've got Mm -hmm. the main story that we just covered, and that's the first thing that's presented. Next is presented, whatever happened to Johnny Storm, which, perfect. Johnny's back. What happened? How did this happen? Hang on. Next story right here. Bring it. Mm -hmm. And then we get into some of the other things that are going on or have led up to or are part of where we're at now. We've got Black Queen, which is a fun little story that's majority of it is in mute. It's kind of discussions or looks or glances between Medusa and Black Bolt and then how they talk to each other, what their glances, what their looks and and how they communicate with each other. They also seem to have a special little kind of like mind palace that they can talk to each other in. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of questions that are there. Then we have the arc. Which is Reed Richards and Galactus having a little discussion. (laughs) On the moon. (laughs) On the moon. And then we have Remember, which is getting into Franklin Richards and the experiments and things he's been doing with Leech in growing his power. And Leech and him are going into special little hidden places where he's expanding and increasing his power. And he's talking to this strange, mysterious person. Kind of the narrator. The narrator. Of his superhero adventures. Which, spoilers, it's old Franklin. We're just going to get that out of the way right now. No way. That's impossible. How? Yeah, we know. All of these things tie directly back into where we are at with the story. I look at this, and this is not just superfluous or additional stuff that you kind of sometimes see in annuals. You get an annual and you're like, okay, here's one story that's semi-relevant. And then here's some backup things that have nothing to do with anything. This is a book that is very well crafted. The one thing leads into the other thing leads into the other thing. I mean, the, the top two stories, definitely one after the other. But the other ones add pieces into the overarching story that Hickman's writing and is showing us a lot more development that's going on. Yeah, the whatever happened to Johnny Storm and the Black Queen are showing past leading up to present because yeah. Johnny Storms is, yeah, Annihilus killed him, but it's the negative zone. You can put a bug in a person and they get sewed back together by worms and then they're alive again and he's a you know gladiator as all everybody is in the fighting arenas until he makes a breakout and takes over the cosmic control rod and then when the gate opens it's perfect because he's like, yeah, I just got the rod and so now I own a lot, Annihilus. This is my army now. They'll fight the Kree. I just got in control of this army. Let's go fight the Kree. <laughs> yeah, let's like, go fight wait, the Kree. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, I have died 
over and over and over and over again. I have been in pain and torment and suffering. That's for later. I want to go fight. <laughs> yeah, let's go fight. This is what we do. We, we can't die anymore. It's amazing. And then Black Queen is dealing with Medusa and the five other brides. Black Bolt, and she's talking to Black Bolt, and she's like, you know, in their mind palace going, I don't like this. I'm your wife. Why are they your wife, too? And Black Bolt going, hey, you are the wife I chose. They are the wife that wives that fate has given me. We will always be the wife that I've chosen. But you need to realize you're all my wives and that we have work to be done. We'll always have the special mind palace, but you got to get over yourself. <laughs> I didn't choose them. I choose. I chose you. But with them, I have more power, which yeah. means we have more power, which means. Yes. Which let's go fight the Kree. <laughs> yeah. And then the arc is Galactus summoning Reed because he doesn't want to go to Earth and get involved around Franklin. Here is a summoning thing. Call me when the point happens that you know you need to call me. And I'll come, but mm -hmm. don't call me till then. But you got to do that. So it's setting up a yeah. thing for the future. And then yep. remember, the alt dimension that Franklin has created is the little adventuring, practicing the superhero thing stuff mm -hmm. with Franklin and Leech. And that's also a thing for the future because... Franklin's powers developing are another future deal. So yeah, yeah, it's great because it deals with the past, present, and future with these stories. And they're none of them are superfluous. No, no, they're and they're all really, really good. I I would be hard pressed to say which one I liked the most or not. I probably the, the Johnny Storm. Well, yeah, yeah, I would, I, that one probably is the one I like the most. Yep. Like the least, maybe the arc because it's like okay, yeah, it's short. It's to the point. It's good. The, yeah, the art, art in that is amazing. Oh, I love how they, they do yes. stuff with that. They do some amazing black background galaxies yeah. and that. Yeah. The art for Remember Me is probably not my favorite, but yep. but I think it is absolutely appropriate, appropriate for the story. Yep. We have a story about a kid having imagination and what if games with his best friends. And the art style is like a child's drawing. It's simple. It's cartoony. Yeah. It's the kid's cartoon that he gets to create that they yeah. get to live in where it's just like, what are we doing? Well, we're going to go fight supervillains. And why are we cowboys? Doesn't matter. We're on space now. We're fighting aliens. Okay. What are the aliens doing? What are you talking about? Aliens. We got to go defeat the monster in a volcano. Let's go. You know, it's just kids. Yeah. Imagination's running rampant and it, it is amazing for that. Yeah. I really like this book. I think this is really amazing and it's gosh, good value for what you get too. Eight bucks at the time and you got a hundred pages and it's all good content and it's oh, all wow. yeah. top tier stuff. So good, good, good. There's a lot happening in the story. The main story in and of itself. It's we are tying together all of these disparate, thread, disparate threads that have been going on and we aren't done yet. The war is not over. We still have a lot more issues to go, mm -hmm. but this is a breaking point. We are bringing back the Fantastic Four title because Johnny's back. Mm -hmm. So you're bringing back Fantastic Four title, and we have a split that's going to occur here. Fantastic Four is going to be with their own title again, and we have the Future Foundation, FF, the kids, they are going to be going their own title. So we are yeah. going to be, yeah, we're going to be kind of, we are going to bounce back and forth a little until the kids go off on their own and don't necessarily interact too much with Fantastic Four. <laughs> I'm just, I'm sorry, I was just thinking about this and it was just like, hmm, I bet Spider-Man's going to be getting his pink slip and <laughs> well, gets to pack up a box and get escorted out by security. There is one constant in Fantastic Four is they are the family of 
Thor that have had a rotation of yes. individuals stepping into various roles at many times. Yeah, you got to when you put four. Anytime you put a number in your team name, mm-hmm. it means you need to keep that number because otherwise attention is brought to it. So yeah, yep. One time, all of them were gone. It was just Spider-Man, Hulk, Ghost Rider, and Wolverine. It was the dumbest setup ever. But there Bite was a- your tongue. Oh no! It, no, it, <laughs> was, it was it was it was a super cash grab, and I bet it made fat stacks. Like I was saying, we got a lot of things going on. This is mid-fight. The big key elements here are that, of course, Johnny's back. And he's in control of the Annihilation Wave. So the entire thing with the Church of Zero, the priest, you know, bugs and stuff, it's like, oh, that failed. But thanks for opening up the door for Johnny. We also have the kids who have poofed off to, um, spoiler for where they're going to be at next issue, Latveria. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Interesting. And, of course, we have things going on in Latveria, too. But groundwork has been laid there. Nathaniel Richards is there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it quickly comes to realize that, yes, this alt-read thinks he's the one in charge since he's got doomed by a leash. Yeah. Um. No, Nathaniel Richards is in control of this situation. Don't worry, none. Okay. You know, we've got a lot of things uh, happening here. And, yeah, it's going to get fun. It's going to get real fun real fast. Any of the moments that are in here that you really want to dive into a little bit more? I like the fact that when the Kree were attacking the world, a.k.a. Manhattan, Alicia was running with somebody. I don't know who it was. Maybe it was a character that I should know. But the person that's running with her is just like, why are you stopping? And she's like, do you hear something falling? And it was the Hulks and Ben jumping down onto the onto the uh, Sentinel robot. I like the fact that it was Alicia that was like, hey, wait a minute. And she knew that something was going to go on. I thought, I thought that was cool. Well, you don't know she's actually Daredevil. Okay. <laughs> on that weird segue, let's get into our gallery of greatness, shall we? Let's talk about some more of the art in this book. And we're going to kind of keep with just the main story that we covered. We already said that some of the other art in here is fantastic, but let's stick with our main story here. Let's start with some backup joke things. Mine is on page nine, and this is where the anti-priest is texting. He's texting through the apocalypse. I don't know why, but just the, (laughs) hey, we have the world coming down around us here. Everything's falling apart. We've got this great plan that's going to take shape as soon as we get the okay. Let's stop for a second and check my Twitter. Whereas my joke backup one, and I call it, luckily I've got the boss on speed dial, and that's when the anti-priest is sending a you up message to Annihilus. <laughs> same pick, same thing. Yep. It's uh, cracking yep. me up. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. Same no, no. we're twins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait. <laughs> Then let's go to our other joke ones here. Yeah, my other joke one's about four pages in the future. And this is things are falling apart all over the place. And there's this great plan that they've got to utilize Sue Richard's brain and Iron Man's armor to make a giant force field. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we've got Spider-Man who is playing around, is messing with Spider-Man's armor. I called it 12D batteries. It's yeah. this picture of just Spider-Man messing with Iron Man's armor. I don't know why that just made me absolutely laugh. I'm just like, wait a minute. (laughs) I see that. I can see that. That, It just looked funny. It's like, hey, here's your problem. Your batteries are dead. We need to replace them. You know, it's... (laughs) No, I get that. That actually is... That's a pretty great choice. I did not pick that one. So our twin 
twin stars are diverging. I'm actually going for the big splash page on at the very end on page 29 of Marvel Unlimited, which I call Come to Heal. And that is when they open the portal door to the negative zone and Johnny's there literally holding a leash that is around the neck on the four paw, four legs down like a puppy, uh, Annihilus. And pff, it's awesome and it cracked me up because it's just like, yeah, Johnny, you're the only person that would go to another dimension, die, and then become the ruler of it. Good job. You see, we are still twins because that's my best art. Oh, cool. And I called it, let me tell you about my summer vacay. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Storm coming back from the worst summer vacation ever. Yes, uh, it's fabulous. He's got this weird armor thing over one arm. He's holding on to Nihilus and the waves of the Annihilation army behind him covered in flames. Pete, okay, what, what that heck? is, is Annihilus had used to wear his cosmic control rod around his yeah. neck. And then he moved it onto this alien kind of insectoid material chitinous axe, like two-handed axe. And so it was in there. And... They got knocked out of Annihilus' hand at Johnny's story, and they were both reaching for it, and Johnny got it. Johnny has converted that. He's like, I don't need an axe. So he converted it into an arm armor bit, and then he's, it's holding it to his forearm. It's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. And it's all just flame. It's absolute flame axe thing. Yeah. And Pete, what the heck are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> you still got some good art here. Why don't you go ahead and tell me about your backup art? On page six... Mm -hmm. And I call not talking it to death. And this is the top half of the page. And this is after Sue has said, boys, we don't need to discuss this. Just super. Be heroes. And it is her creating a force field around the top of the building they're on and blasting ships out of the sky with force field columns. And it's super cool. She's awesome. So it looks great. And she's awesome. So Yeah, it's always good whenever they let Sue be Sue and just unleash and just yep. they listen to her, which is yep. also good, too. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. All right. So my backup good art, we were already talking about some of the work that was being done with Ben going and saving his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of this, it's actually not too long after Big Force Field over the entire island of Manhattan. And then there's still some Cree running around here. Ben yells out, Alicia, and goes out running with oh, that's a good the one. two yeah. hulks. So you got Ben, foreground, two hulks behind him. I mean, you don't it's want nice. to see that coming at you. It gonna no. hurt. It gonna yeah. hurt. So you know your time is coming and that time is clobbering. <laughs> All right. So what do you have for your top good art? My very top art is on page nine of Marvel Unlimited and I call it Doc, hit it into the park. <laughs> Not out of, into. And this is a full splash page of the uh, Cree juggernaut ship, I think they called it, which is a troop transport uh, that Doc gravitied into not the river, but into the city itself. And it just shows this flaming ship just plowing into town and buildings are being crushed and flames are everywhere and cars are leaping into the sky. And it's just looks really great. Also, what's neat in all the fight scenes here is that it is orange skies. They did yep. not make it bright and cheerful. They, everything about this is it's orange skies. It is fire. It is abrupt. It is damaging and devastating. And I thought that was an amazing piece of art that they did there. I will say that Steve Epting did a very, very good job of filling in all the parts of the pages. I mean, these are oh, yeah. lots of background, lots of detail, and it's good for this fight. It's a good for this story. So. Mm-hmm. He does not suck. No, he does not suck. He does not skimp on the art either, which is fantastic. It is full panels. But you know who does suck? 
uh, a bunch of characters in the book. Yeah. At least that's what I've heard. The rubber and glue mm. moment, man. What was the best <laughs> or most childish <laughs> insult? Um, it's a bit of a dig. It's not a straight up insult, but it's a bit of a dig. And I've mentioned it. We mentioned it a few times already. Pete. What the heck are you wearing? Oh, that's my top just, one. That's just, my top that, one. That was my backup one. It was just Johnny coming in and saying, hey, what is that? <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's so yeah, Pete, good. Pete, what are you wearing? Yeah. He hasn't seen the Future Foundation, the, the Suits of Grieving. Yeah, that was, that was my top one. It's so much the relationship between Peter and Johnny. They have this best friends who just... Give each other the Mickey all the time. It's great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was your top one. Yeah. My top one was a couple pages before when Spider-Man's beating up the bugs and he says, yep. pay attention, uglies. <laughs> yep. That's my backup. Yep. That's yep. my backup. It's on page 26 that, of Marvel. That's all there was. Yep. That's all there really was. <laughs> yep. It's him beating up bugs going, I'm looking for some kids. They're in the pink to very pink to fish to mole variety. Yep. Yep. You seen them? <laughs> Speaking of kids, let's talk about Parent of the Year. The Reed Richards Award for Good Parenting. Who you got, Jeff? Spidey. He went after the kids. Yeah, he went after the kids. There's more to it than that, but he, when Reed was just like, they were looking at the Baxter building and he's like, I'm sure they're fine. And Reed's like, yeah, I'm sure that Val has just triggered her emergency protocol. And Spidey's like, I got this covered. You go. Go go, go check your kids. And he's like, I can't. I got to work the numbers on this Tony hybrid force field thing. I can't go. Could you? And he's like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go check it out. It's like, so he went and checked on the kids. The kids were his entire focus when he was there. It was great. Uh, okay. Also, prior to that, after they got the force field up, they're like, hey, cool. We got the force field up. And Spidey's like, yes, except there's reports of ground troops on the ground. I'm reporting it to everybody already. He was being everybody's parent. He, okay. was, he was watching out for everybody. He was just like, there's trouble here, there's trouble there. He was he was the man on the seat. He was awesome. Okay. I went with Dragon Man because he was there and made sure that the kids were all getting upstairs. Yep. He was being good parent on the ground there, making yep. sure all kids were there. And I'd like to say that it probably was him, his watchfulness that made sure that all of them were in the right place when the building went boom. So Could be. I'm giving it to Dragon Man. Both good choices here. Both get the positive Reed Richards yes. Award. They don't get the snarky version. <laughs> the, <laughs> nice parenting. Wow. <laughs> Your kid has a tattoo now, huh? Interesting <laughs> that they're four. Good choices. Good, Good choices. choices. Most popular and most shun. Identifying the character who's the best and worst in the book. Jeff, who's your worst? Doctor is strange. When he goes crashing, he throws <laughs> yeah. a spaceship into the ground. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I'm gonna, that's I'm fair. Gonna, I, I pick strange. There was a couple of people I could have picked, but strange was there. Yeah, yeah. Strange was very. That was really weird. It just it well, seemed he, he, he was snarky about it too. He was all arrogant about it because it was yeah. very much just Carol Danvers is telling him. It's just like don't focus on the small fast ships. Go for the big one. It's the ones that has all the troops in. It. And he's like. Ah, yes, gravity. We all must succumb to that, mistress. <laughs> Oopsie. I crashed it in an apartment building. Oopsie doopsie. Yeah, so he was—he seemed he was very smug about it. And then I like the fact that Red Hulk's the one all like, trajectory's wrong. It's not going to hit the river. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that's a very good choice. I just went with Bentley because I'm just, Bentley. He's Bentley. <laughs> Values the wrong words, and Bentley is just kind of <laughs> Bentley's response to that was waka waka. Yeah, which I'm like, <sighs> so you know why. All right, who is the best? Who is the best? I'm going to tell you the best 
is Johnny Storm. <laughs> Just because, what an entrance. What it is an, an awesome entrance. entrance. It's an it is awesome, a good one. It is an entrance to, drop the mic, boom, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's, it's, it's off the hook yeah. entrance. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's amazing too because it's just like oh no the negatives well i guess that problem solved yeah <laughs> it's like, and that problem is now actually going to be a solution to a different problem okay yeah, this, cool. this is, this is all you. the solutions so yeah. yeah i went with johnny storm because it's johnny storm he just that's a he, good choice I he like went that. to hell and back and made an entrance yep who do you have i picked sue richards i okay i can see yep. why Yep, convinced all the heroes that they don't need to chit-chat about what to do. <clears throat> she talked to all the heroes and convinced them not to chit-chat about what they needed to be done. She's just like, alien spaceships are attacking our planet, meaning Manhattan. Zip-zip. Just go smack. Go smack them down. Yep. Just do the thing. And Maybe. then also creating the giant force field with Tony around Manhattan to protect the entire Earth. Make the magic happen. Be the solution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go ahead and figure out where we're placing this book onto our list. We want to evaluate each issue against the other issues in our top grade. First is The Funeral, Memorial of Johnny Storm. Hey, he's back. We don't have to be so sad anymore. All right. Yeah. So I guess we can just get that out of uh, rank number one and just dump it to the bottom. I guess so. I mean, yeah. nothing's permanent anymore. Speaking of Johnny... Different Johnny. Johnny goes solo in spot number 11, Loners number 2. Going down to spot number 23, Runaways again, True Believers. The kids try to find out who Vic's daddy is. Spot number 35, they try to fix Doom's brain in Doom Nation of FF number 2. And the bottom list is Loners. I am going to go back up near the top. This is good. Mm -hmm. This is good, mm -hmm. good stuff. We are just talking about that first story that we covered. Where do we want to put that? Yeah. We're not talking about 98 pages. We're talking about 29 pages. Mm-hmm. Man. Still good. I think The Last Stand is better than this one, but this yeah. one's really good. Next one down oh, from that is... Yeah, that, one, that one's really good, too. Yeah, the prologue to Spider Island. Actually, very comparable. Very comparable. I would say above or below Amazing Spider-Man number 666. Man. Uh, oh, I think Spider Island prologue was a touch better. Okay. All right, we'll make this the new number five. Then I think it's a very good showing for yeah. It's that. it's a good episode. It's a good, or a good issue. It's a really good issue. All right, well, let's move down our list and talk about some beer. Then we have ranked the book. We need to rank our beer once again. This is Wandering into the Fog, Battle of the Hops. What do you think? I'm liking it. I've been drinking it the entire time, enjoying it quite a lot. It's real smooth to go down. The back end of it has a, it approaches like, hey, here I come. And then it stops and it's like, yeah. it's just, it's nice. I am enjoying it. It's somewhere in the fours. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I'm going to say it's a really strong four. I, I am enjoying it quite a little bit. I think I would agree with you on the four. I'm going to give it a four myself. This is very good, very smooth. We've been drinking for a while, so it's getting a little bit more of the bitter taste, but I like it. It's still enjoyable, very tasty, and very fun, and... Still opaque as a front door. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that would just... Nothing yeah. goes through that. Grapefruit, 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 grapefruit. All right. <laughs> and that leads us to Kid's Perspective. And that is where Rick talks to his 12-year-old daughter about the issue that we just covered. So Rick and Carrie, take it away. Hello, Carrie. Hello, Daddy. How are you doing today? Good. 
Oh, it's raining outside. <laughs> okay, sorry. Well, that's very random. Thank you for letting me know that. <laughs> now, I had to look outside, too, to see if it was raining down here. I mean, we are a little bit far apart, so it could be raining where you are and not raining where I'm at. Yeah, that's a pretty big distance. One floor down and on the other side of the house. It's incredibly far distance, you know. The rain might not have reached me yet. Yeah, the clouds, probably not that close yet. No, not that close. I don't know why we're not talking about this comic book, because this is a lot of comic book, and you spend a lot of time reading it, so I think we should get on talking about the comic book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, you read this 100-page book. You read the entire thing, right? Wait, that was 100 pages? That's what it says, yeah. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then let me ask you the big picture. Which story did you like the best? Okay, maybe not the Johnny Storm one, because that was, like, kind of violent <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I guess maybe the... The last one? I don't know. You like the last one? Why did you like the last one? The one with Franklin and Leech? It's kind of cute because, like, they were going on an adventure. Even if it was a little predictable and stuff. Mm-hmm. Still kind of cute. And, like, in the middle of all this chaos and destruction and death and, yeah. It's just two boys having little boy adventures, right? Yeah. Okay. That's a fair opinion. And that's why we ask you on the show to hear your perspective as a child. Yeah. As a pre-teenager. Yeah. <laughs> what about yours? What was yours? I think that all in all, we, both Jeff and I, really liked the Johnny Storm story the best because it was, there was a lot in it. It was about the trials, the struggle he went through, and it was very poignant, especially after the main storyline and kind of the question we're left in, left with was, how did this happen? What's going on? Why is Johnny controlling Annihilus? So there was... There was that bit for us, but we did see the relevance and, and, and we did like in our own way the Franklin story, so. Kind of cool, but it was also like... Very violent, yeah, yeah and I <laughs> and that's not your thing. So it's completely understandable why you that turned you off. I get that. I understand that. But no, that that's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. What did you think of the main story? I mean, the main story is the only one we really care about because that's the only one with a member of Power Pack, right? Oh, yeah. For like, yeah, it was, a, it was a few like pages. Yeah, and and also Alex Power did some good. He helped make sure that the kids were okay. He was the one guarding their rear so that they could all escape, right? Yeah. So he was doing something. Yay. Yeah. Let's be. Let's say yes. Go Alex. I mean, Power Pack is representing in this book. Go Alex. <laughs> okay. So what did you think about this story? I mean, this is a lot that's in here. There's a lot that's going on, but the main story is we're moving closer to this giant battles that are occurring, right? Wait. Yeah. 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 What'd you think of that? What did you do? You like the story? Do you like where it's going? Yeah. Be interesting to know more. Well, I mean, definitely you're going to be knowing more. Yeah. What's What's the number one question you have coming out of that main story? Well, at first it was Johnny Storm. He's alive. But then like right after that, it was like, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> what about the kids? The kids disappeared with most of the Baxter building, right? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> No, I don't where, know. <laughs> where do you think they went? Another dimension. I actually okay. don't know. I don't know. That's just a guess. Seeing how like trouble just always comes to these kids, it might it might as well just be like another dimension. I don't know if trouble comes to the kids or they go looking for trouble. Yeah, it no, could... it trouble. <laughs> they look for trouble. They find trouble. I think, I think they look for trouble more than that trouble finds them. So yeah. What about the different artwork that was in the book? That was pretty cool. The artwork was. Pretty good. Which artwork did you like the best and which did you like the least? Maybe the first one was maybe the 
best for me. Okay. I don't know what the least is, though. How about the artwork on the one with Franklin? That seemed to be the one that seemed uh, the most different. Yeah, the most cartoonish. It's not terrible, Mm -hmm. but it's not my favorite. Okay. Do you think it was well used in the story that was being told? It kind of works because, you know, it's like two boys. Mm -hmm. They're on an adventure. So it kind of works. Okay. Is there anything else that really stood out to you with this book or anything else that you really want to talk about or had questions on? No. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time, Carrie. You're welcome. I love you, Carrie. Love you, too. I know, Carrie. Explosions. Enigmas. Just everything happened. It was amazing. So amazing. Thank you for joining us. Shout out time. We'd like to recognize those listeners that take time to write in and leave us a review. And this is for episode 135, where we covered X-23, number 14, Chaos Theory, part 2, Charles Gears. Hoover Jeremiah and his podcast, Four Million Years Later. Jeremy Daw, who says... The gents slowly revealing the width and interconnected threads of the Marvel 616 universe, one appearance at a time, a show the whole family can enjoy. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. And thank you, Mal. Matthew Birdsey. Sean Ross and the Secret Wars and Beyond podcast. Tim Price, the Podcrasher, and his podcast, The Outcasters. This is just to say. Truth, justice, and hope. And yeah, those last two, those are Twitter handles, so you know who you are. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. We also like to thank those people that give us just a little bit of cash to do what we do. Please, if you'd like to join them, if you'd like to help us out, sponsor us over on Patreon. We do an extra episode every month. We'd really appreciate it. So you can be like adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging cheesy and chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically dangerous and devious Doug Jones. Intelligent, interesting, and innovative Isaac Perry. Justing, joking, and jovial Jeff Polier. Just jealous and jeweled Jeremy Daw. Muscly, mighty, and meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and magnificent monologuing Matthew Laserwitz. Steely, salty, and steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. Sad and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews. Tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price. Way, way, wordy, and wobbly waffles. Weird and wonderfully wacky Wind. Next issue, we are going to be covering FF Volume 1, Number 12, All Hope Lies in Doom, Part 1, Too Many Kids. Be sure to check out the other show that I am on hiatus from, Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout, on the Longbox Crusade Podcast Network. And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Mark present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recording for a live studio audience of a photocopied picture. I've got a four old ladies saying, Patience, Marge, our plan to rule civilization will unfold soon enough which I'm sitting in front of in Portland, Oregon. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Rick Present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick Present, our email address, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word at gmail.com, and at our website, Jeff and Rick Present.wordpress.com. Also, we have a YouTube channel at Jeff and Rick Present. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we'll be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us and, you know, share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife Cindy and our daughter Carrie. My fiance Hillary and our daughter Aurora. We We love love you. you. Until next time. Costumes Costumes off. off. 
Our theme music is 80s Action by Kevin McLeod. Also featured in this episode is To the Tooth by Keith Wilk. All music is found at incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. There we go. That's an ad for people that will never give us any money. <laughs> Pop! An enigma. Enigma. Pop! I like Muck and Mouse. Yeah. That should be your new podcast. Bite me. Monday Muck and, Muck, Muck and Mouse, where you just talk about mice and murine clonal samples. You can get into genetics. It's pretty great. Pop! My No, not my wife, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs>